Northwest of Twin Peaks Radio back again. The dog days of summer are here. So what better way to spend the next two hours than listening to four local artists whose summer releases shined brightly through the fog. This is West of Twin Peaks Radio with MJ Call on BFF.FM San Francisco. As a young girl Hello, hello, hello. MJ back again in San Francisco, sort of. I'm off on my annual summer sojourn to the Southwest. But before I left, I assembled four recent guest artist segments, highlighting four of the best albums of the summer, if not the whole year. Today, you'll hear from Maya Elise in The Good Dream, Zelma Stone, Marika Christine, and we'll start with Oakland's Madeline Kinney. Her new LP, A New Reality Mind, is a critical darling, not just in the Bay, but way beyond. Amid all the well-deserved hype, it's easy to forget that the record is an exploration of the aftermath of a surprise and extremely unmooring breakup Madeline experienced during those already awful pandemic times. A revealing conversation about that and much more is coming up, but let's first hear the opening track off the album, this is plain boring disaster. Well, I might as well sit down and try. If nothing else to get by. With no secrets left. Or romantic alibi. Thanks for having me. A new reality mind. It seems like your Alice in Wonderland moment. <laughs> um, I I love that uh, opinion of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I are you? You mean uh, the title itself, or no? Just the whole album. It's 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 dreamy. It's contemplative. It's disassociated at times, but then it comes back to clarity. And I think you say it like in in reality mind, I woke up from such a strange dream, but it carries on. Yeah, I feel like, 
Like that, yeah, that song that you just quoted, um, it carries on. I feel like that is kind of a theme for me in my life right now, sort of. Um, yeah, it's, I've just been thinking a lot about like the storylines that we construct and, um, and kind of like, okay, I'm living this story that I wrote and all this, these plans and decisions that I made and, um, and something comes along to disrupt it or completely up, uh, upturn it. And, um, I feel like that's a moment where you're like, okay, what, you know, it's going to keep going on around you. So do you keep going with that same story that you wrote or are you going to craft a new one or do you just accept that it's all chaos, you know? Probably, correct me if I'm wrong, writing some of this at the time of the pandemic, but the pandemic doesn't have to be the description of what can disorient a person. And I did start some of those songs during the pandemic, um, but a lot of times they were just like half finished and I didn't know like where to take them at, at all. Um, and so they just kind of existed on my half finished songs and they didn't have choruses and they, um, yeah, they were just, I, I didn't have a lot of motivation to finish. I, I don't know why. I just, um, I think like the lead times on records being so long and knowing that like touring was going to be hard and um, if not impossible, it, it just like didn't motivate me to finish anything. And then, you know, all of a sudden, it, you know, early last fall, my label was like, oh, the lead times just got shorter. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can finish something. And then I, you know, got broken up with very suddenly. Um, and then, uh, and I was kind of, well, yeah, I just sort of lost my mind. Um, and then, um, I, it was weird. I like, sort of remembered after that happened I sort of remembered that I used to like put out a record a year and like make a lot of stuff and um and I had just like really since the pandemic like been on pause you know I put out a couple things here and there but no I don't know I just wasn't writing as prolifically as I I think I had grown accustomed to um and um yeah, and so then all of a sudden, I mean, I really, like, I wrote two more songs and then I finished the rest of the songs and, like, yeah, finished all the tracking in the matter of a couple of weeks um, and just was, like, I, I don't know, it was just so weird. It was, it was, like, this horrible thing that happened made me, like, want to go back to the person that I was before. <laughs> when will I be? the same
go back so there's got to be something forward and that's the new reality right and and I think that a new reality mind is is just like okay you know I um, I have to adapt and there there is no choice you have to like either accept it or um, I don't know live in intense regret but I um, which I, I feel like I have a healthy dose of both right now, but um, yeah, I feel like finishing the record was like, I, I don't think it's as simple as like closing the book or on a certain chapter, you know, like, um, yeah, finishing, I don't, I don't think it was like, well, now that I'm done with this record, I am, my heart isn't broken anymore, so I'm good to go. I can do the next thing, you know, I've, um, I feel uh, that it's just part of the grieving process. Like I feel like in order to understand what I was going through, I had to finish making this thing and have it be done and out in the world so that I could <laughs> keep going. you exploring some new sonics that are tremendous i i get tastes of of toro Imo's mahal in there which i know you've worked with Chaz before it, you know in your past and mm -hmm. and the horns with jeff colhiti adds you know and on two tracks adds another dimension and i just think the sonics have taken a a really nice leap I feel like I needed to, in order to keep making music, I really needed to do things that were interesting to me, you know, and I, or, or at least a challenge, you know, I, I feel like my favorite artists are people that when I listen to their records or um, see them live, like I'm thinking of, you know, uh, to finish the thought, it's, it's people that like leave me asking you know and um whether that's like lyrically like oh they you know said something that makes me think and wonder and or m most often sonically it's like how did they make that sound or why why are they using that tool or um you know i 
couple months. I think it was like, um, I was like fresh, fresh, fresh out of the breakup. Um, and I went to go see um, Jenny Haval at the Starline. Um, and you know, she's such an inspiration, I think, for, I feel like her writing is really interesting. Um, and musically, I feel like she keeps making things that are, she's just, you can see her growth. And I really like that. And then I, you know, another person that I saw also at Starline was um, Caitlin Aurelia Smith. And I, I was just obsessed with her new record. And at times it's like, I would say there are moments that are unpleasant, but that is like cool to me. You know, I, it left me feeling like, wow, I don't know everything. There's, I will never know everything. There are exploring arenas that I haven't even um, known what they look like, let alone known to explore them, you know? And, and I feel like speaking some of that and what I'm able to create is, is essential to the like perpetuating making of things you know did did i see somewhere like on your instagram a, a while back that you recorded one of these in your basement oh i recorded all of them in my basement um i moved into this house um in like uh 20 august of 2019 the basement was just a dirt room it didn't have anything in that um and my ex and I uh, built it out into a little studio. So that's where I've been doing all of my work. It's really nice to have a place where I can record music just in my home. I, I think that a lot of people during the pandemic felt this, but it's like, <laughs> there was no um, sensory input coming in, you know? And that's what was really hard to just like force yourself to make something. And I think that like processing my breakup you know, I, I was like, the last thing I want to do is make music. I stayed in this home um, after the breakup and my ex left, you know, so it's like, I'm in this place that we moved into together, that we like built for our life, for our story, like I was saying. Um, and now I'm like living a new story that's like separate than what I had intended this place to be. And so it was pretty odd and difficult um and I, I think in the end transformative and positive i think um to come into this room that like you know um you it used like, to mean something different yeah do you feel like you hit a new level of maturity well i, I hope so if, if i haven't then i'll be very disappointed that i went through all of this um but, I mean, I hope so. I hope it's a lesson. I mean, I I think it's a mixture of, I hope I've become more mature. I, I am sad for the part of myself that um, feels like my trust is completely broken and has completely left my body. Um, I feel like I trust no one and nothing. And, and I think that can be very sad, but it also, um, I've always been self-reliant, but it, I, I do, do feel uh, like I've really doubled down on that front. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to making a record, you know, without a producer, 
for the first time. I mean, I made singles and EPs without a producer, but um, producing everything and recording everything myself, um, it was very much like, okay, this is me alone doing this. You know? Even though you think you've built a shell, you've opened yourself up with your with your album and your tour. You know, you've busted out well, yeah. of that shell. <laughs> That's sweet. I, I mean, I think it's very dualist in nature. You know, I think it's I I feel very insular, alone, perhaps. Um, uh, very much like I, I, yeah, I'm doing things on my own. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was, I've been listening to a lot of um, the Duncan Truffle Family Hour, this podcast with this comedian who's also interested in like, you know, spirituality and meditation and mindfulness. And um, and he was talking to a fellow comedian, and they're both, you know, the thing that makes the podcast interesting is that he's pretty kind of catty, maybe a little. I think a recovering cynic, you know, um, and which makes it really relatable. As, as you know, my, for myself, I've never really been interested in spirituality. Anyway, he's having this conversation with this other comedian and they're kind of just like, oh, I hate people, you know, people are the worst. But then Duncan Trussell said, you know, he's like, well, you, you have to, it, deep down, you must love people because you get up in front of them every night and you you're not wanting to make them laugh because you like want to I don't know it's like some sort of stick game and you're counting gathering laughter like I don't know like it's the monsters inc but um but you you're there there because you want to relate to people and because you love people and and I, I really I was like oh god that's me you know I I may feel very alone and isolated and um like I'm doing things on my own but those the shows are really moments I think for connection you know it's nice to sing something and know like I'm not the only person that's felt this Have you performed any of these songs live yet? In front of a um, a few audience? of them, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we played a couple. I played at the chapel a couple months ago and went on a little tour opening for this band, Valley Queen. And um, I played some of them. Yeah, uh, some of them are really hard to play without like a full band or without backing tracks or something so I've been sort of doing piano versions of them just to <laughs> test them out and stuff um but yeah there's a couple that are like I'm excited to I'm just excited to sing them live I like singing 
I like singing. And I'm excited to, I'm proud of some of the writing. Um, a few of the lines, I'm like, oh, I'm excited to like sing that in front of people. I feel like as I get older, I'm realizing how many communication skills and like the toolbox I learned as a kid um, and my tools are pretty rusty and dull, you know, um, and kind of like, oh, you know, actually those patterns of communication don't um, work for serving or serve the people that I'm with. Um, uh, and I feel like we can all really relate to that sort of, you know, um, and I echo it in another song on the album too, um, when it, in the song called Expectations. And I said, uh, uh, don't laugh if I need some kind of consolation. I think I learned about communication the wrong way. Um, we're still trying to all figure it out. You know, I don't, I don't want anyone I think I've figured anything out. <laughs> well, well, that's that's what I was going to say. You said your tools were rusty, and and I think what we've all learned in the past couple of years is the old tools sometimes don't work at all, and you have to find new tools that were just that were just developed to help us through these unanticipated times uh, you know it's not that your tools were rusty it's that we didn't have the right tools <laughs> totally totally yeah and I think you know um, I think therapy has helped I think um, like you're saying I think um, just having vocabulary to talk about certain things that I don't think that our parents like had the vocabulary to talk about We're fortunate that like we're in a time when uh, people care about mental health and people care about um, effective communication. And um, I think everybody, everything feels really fraught. But I do, I do like to believe that people are trying. You know? Oh, definitely. So, speaking of which, tell me about this tour that's coming up. Yeah, you know, I um, it should come as a shock to no one that music doesn't really make you any money. Um, so I have a job, um, and I, I can't really be gone for these long tours anymore. You know, not I can't be doing these shows that pay me uh, nothing at the after all my expenses and paying my band and everything. So anyway, so I'm I kind of I talked to my booking agent and I was like you know let's just do 
an East Coast and a West Coast tour. Let's keep them short. Let's, let's play the places that I know I have to play and a couple places I know I just really want to play. You know, I'm, I have to do things like um, Philly and New York and DC and stuff, but I want to do Durham because I used to live there. And, um, love it there, miss it there. Um, you know, uh, playing a couple California shows and um, on the West Coast, I'll be able to take most of the band and then on the East Coast will be a three piece. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm really lucky in that the people that play with me are really excited about the songs. And so it's, um, it feels fun. To kind of close this out, do you think kind of getting on the road and getting out of the house might help you move, <laughs> you know, question, right? move a little forward and change your reality mind a little differently when you get leave the house and get in front of audiences who are going to adore your music? Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, I think it definitely will help. You know, I, I was for a while there, I was touring so much um, and I was gone for most of the year and it was, I, I love it. I, I love tour. Um, I love playing with with friends I love playing in front of people every night and I think it's a huge sort of how I feel myself you know how I like feel like I'm a real human being um I think I feel like my therapist was like you know what's your wh when do you feel the most yourself and I, I feel like I can honestly say like when I'm on stage I feel very comfortable in myself and so I think not having my dose of that has really affected me so I'm excited for that um yeah and it's it's one of those things too it's like they say you know you I just feel like I hear a lot of people say like I never want to leave the house or like I never feel like going to the thing I'm going to the party that I'm invited to or the show or whatever I never feel like it and then when I'm there I'm so glad I did you know and I feel like that's kind of with this tour too I'm like oh god to buy plane tickets and oh god I have to like find places to stay it's gonna be horrible and then I know that when I'm there I'm gonna be over the moon it's it's a absolute gift and I really the most important thing to me is that I don't take it for granted it's like I'm very lucky to get to do it all well good well, luck and yeah yeah hopefully we'll see you out in the audience okay thank you so so much I'll talk to you later take care Th Take care, Melanie. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Thanks so much again to Madeline for her time, her honesty, and her music. You can find her album, A New Reality Mind, on all the streaming platforms, but support local artists and buy it now. Madeline has finished the West Coast portion of her tour and will head to the East Coast in September for shows in Chicago, Philly, Brooklyn, D.C., and her beloved Durham. This is MJ, and you're listening to a Best of West of Twin Peaks radio, this week featuring four local artists whose new LPs have been on repeat all this summer here on the show. Another Oakland-based artist whose summer release record has been a favorite of critics and fans alike is Maya Elise, who, backed by her band The Good Dream, released Everything We Watered, an album that blossoms from Maya's folk roots into something much more lyrically and sonically expansive. Coming up, we have a very thoughtful and lovely conversation, but first, let's hear a stunningly harmonious song off the album, this is Better Bird. Long arm in a cafe Let me down a revolutionary path Pour over in the morning I'm coming home Hard to hit it right on the head But I'm a late bloomer in a king-size bed Digging my heels into softer ground this time Awesome. It's so great to see you again. You too. You know, the last time we spoke like this was like August of 2021. Mm -hmm. And you had just released uh, Songs for the Breakdown. Yes. And I have to say, your sound and your band has evolved and grown so much. It seems like that's the theme of the album. Yeah. Yeah, it is totally, it's it's like a different, 
I mean, it still feels still feels like me, but it's a different sound and um, definitely like a lot more exploration in the album that was really exciting for us to do. Tell me about the evolution of it. I mean, what what's the what's the story behind the evolution of the sound? I mean, it's a great question. I think that um, there's a couple key things that feel like our, our, our key contributors to, to a new sound. And, um, the first one is I had my bandmate, uh, McGillivray Allen produce it. And he, um, what he does outside of this band is he's an electronic music producer. Um, so I said, okay, I don't want an electronic album, but I want to bring in some, like some of those like pop elements. Um, and also to just like explore what's possible, right? Um, there's kind of like a weird, maybe it's a self-inflicted pressure to kind of define yourself as like, I'm a folk artist or I'm a Americana artist or I'm a country artist, whatever, or I'm a pop artist. And to me, like I, I wanted to let go of that and I wanted to make whatever I wanted. Um, and also to let my bandmates kind of like put their spin on it, especially McGilvery in this case. Um, you know, he would say, you know, can you give me, he would say to our engineer, can you give me the stems for this one song I want to play around and would send us back something. And sometimes we'd be like, yeah, that's great. And sometimes we would be like, eh, that's a little like too pop, you know, and he, you know, he would be like, great, cool. Let me try something else. And so it was fun to kind of like, um, to move in and out of genres in that way. Tell all of your neighbors there's a come out of the gate with a bang I think with yard sale setting up the whole album because it's so it's dreamy and it turns experimental and then it winds its way almost back to a folky beginning you know yeah. it's almost like a Beatles-esque progression through a song actually it's funny that you mentioned Beatles because that is totally the reference um like Abbey Road starts with uh come together you know there's that like drum kit part of the right and it's kind of this like this thing that starts kind of low in his building and and we really um were inspired by that
because there's so much reference to self-discovery and self-acceptance, mm -hmm. do you feel like you were going through a personal phase that you were, a haircut came in there as well? Totally. Was, was there something going on there personally that you were working through? It was almost like you were a cocoon and then you burst into something else. Absolutely. I mean, this is maybe related and unrelated, but I have changed my hair about six times during, you know, since uh, 2021. <laughs> um, it's been blonde and pink and shaved and um, now it's in that like funny little growing out stage. And um, I think that for me and, and for many musicians, the past couple years have really like tested um, both our commitment to music, um, but also like our relationship to music and it's kind of like allowed us to explore our relationship to music. I've been exploring how music supports me um, and also how I am supporting my music as well. Um, and that's been kind of an interesting dance of like, it can't just be that my music supports me, I have to like support it. Right, um, and when I wasn't performing out there in 2020 and 2021, um, it really did make me question, like, well, who am I? If I made this big decision to like go full in, you know, all in with music, um, who am I now that that's not possible? Right, um, and I also think there are other like personal things going on, like in my relationship and um, in my home community, and I experienced a lot of loss. Um, and I like to think of like side A um, as a more as a as an exploration of like who I am and kind of like a reaching and and questioning and like a yearning. And then side B uh, is more of a letting go. Side B starts with uh, what I'm used to, um, and and a letting go that has a lot of grief and also a lot of acceptance um, of like this is who I am in this moment and that's enough. I mean, I've been having so many conversations with fellow musicians who are really tired, um, I'd be honest, and, and myself too, like, um, it's, it's maybe the hardest, not the hardest, but it is a really hard path to be on, you know? Um, and if I'm going to be really candid, which I would love to be, because <laughs> um, to me that's the only way, like, I often think about um, does this need to be everything for me, right? And as soon as I say no, it doesn't need to be everything, I find myself enjoying it way more. I find myself like loving it and wanting to practice and get better at guitar and write more songs when it's not about um, needing to quote unquote make it or be successful, like, you know, I don't, I don't know many musicians in the Bay Area, especially, 
that don't have another job, you know? And I think there's some like, there's some shame that can come with, with that of like, oh, music couldn't be everything for me. Um, but if, if we could like collectively let go that it has to be everything, um, I think that, that's been like a really liberating thing for me. Um, and all of a sudden I have like renewed energy around playing shows and around writing and playing with people and I want to meet more musicians and um, I've stopped feeling so you know I've stopped having like competitive feelings about like well this person's doing so well should I be doing that well like when you can let go of it needing to be like you're everything. One of the biggest pressures or like I think things that can hurt you in the studio is feeling like you need to make um, make an album that is strategic that like will do well right um, and I've, I've like been in that space many times you know I'm like what do people want to be hearing in 2023 and how do I make that and like over and over again, I'm, I'm learning the lesson and remembering that like, no, I need to make whatever is the most like joyful and like present for me, um, and that is going to be the thing that um, people want to hear, essentially. <laughs> In between the last time we talked mm-hmm. and this album, you just, speaking of better birds, you just spread your wings and went touring all over the United States and Europe. Yeah. How was that experience? It was amazing. Um, we went in 2022. We went on like three major tours. We did a Northwest, a Southwest. And then in the summer, we did like a big kind of circle um, through the East Coast, Midwest and Southeast. And that tour especially was kind of mind blowing because everywhere we played, we were playing for the first time. And um, and the Southwest too. And it, I think it really helped me with uh, like shedding imposter syndrome you know, going places and and really owning, like, I'm a musician and I'm on tour. And like, 
I've never met you before, but I think you're going to like this show, you know, <laughs> and kind of like um, owning the role a little bit more. And, you know, we met so many musicians. That was my favorite part um, was to, to meet other musicians, the people we played with. And in Europe, that was a whole nother experience because nobody knew who we were. Um, you know, maybe there's an expectation in New York that your friends are going to show up. You know, they're going to get yeah. on, um, they're going to get on the Metro and, and come to your show in Brooklyn, um, which they did. Thank you. <laughs> and, but in, you know, in Bern, Switzerland, I was like, who is going to come to this show? Nobody knows who we are. And I think the way that music is, and also just like nightlife culture is different there. People showed up um, because people, it's not, I think it's less part of the culture to like hang out in people's homes at night. You know, the culture is to go out and to like enjoy the city. Um, and it was really sweet. Our very first show, we flew into Milan and we drove like two and a half hours to this teeny little town in Northern Italy. And we pulled up and it's like a two block town. And we walk into the bar that we were playing. And there's just nobody, you know, nobody's there yet. But I see on each table, like a sign that said reserved. And I was like, oh my gosh, are all these tables reserved? He said, oh yeah, the whole place is reserved. And just because people wanted to come see music, you know? Um, and so it was our very first show. And there were about, I don't know, 60 people in this tiny little bar. And it was really awesome. And totally heartwarming and also kind of crazy <laughs> every little thing in my life tearing me up inside how much how do you feel you grew as a musician from your tour experience um i think there's a lot to be said about playing to the room and sometimes what the room needs isn't the way the song sounds, the way the way the song sounded the night before. Um, last year we had a really um, intense and beautiful experience on our stop in Colorado Springs, where the community we were playing for had unexpectedly lost someone that day. Um, and because I knew these people personally, I offered like. You know, we don't need to do a show, but if you want some music for your community, we can do that. And I I feel like that was a place where I could figure out, or I had to figure out, how do these songs that we know, how do they hold a different kind of space, like a grief space, um, where we're offering something completely different, right? But with the songs that we know and the same songs. and. Um, it was such a beautifully connective experience for us as a band, and I also think for the people we were playing for. It's not my job to ask the audience to conform to whatever I want to be doing up there. Um, I feel really strongly about this, actually. It's my job to, like, assess what is needed. Um, and as a performer, to, like, to offer people something that I feel like might meet their need. It takes a certain amount of maturity to be able to read a room. Yeah, I mean, I don't always do it perfectly, but um, it is something that I, I feel like is almost as important 
as sounding good. Sleeping in the corner of the bed, I lost the covers once again. My whole left side is blue. You're dreaming like it's 92. When falling down was beautiful, and getting up was easy. Before we knew our parents lied, before we shout out your band and tell me how yes. how how you put the good dream together they're amazing um and it's so cool because they've they just like they've been my band for i would say like three to four years now depending on the person and it just is so great to have the same band you know i feel like we just keep getting closer and closer so um there's david lips on drums and he also uh, mixed and mastered the album and there is uh, Jordan Lowe on bass and vocals. Um, and uh, McGillivray Allen on fiddle and vocals and uh, production. Um, and that's kind of like the core group. And, you know, we met, we're all friends. Um, Jordan and I live together. And it just has like a, a, a group that has really naturally gelled. And then also on the record, um, there's Jackson Vanover, who's toured with us before on lead guitar. Um, we also have Derek Sepp on keys, on mostly on side A, um, who's just an incredible Bay Area musician. Who also he also leads this choir uh, in Oakland called the Free Key Choir, um, which I want to give a shout out to. It's very cool, um, young adult choir, and. Um, yeah, and then we have a few other guests on the album, but I would say like the four of us are really the, the main crew. So now that the album's coming out, mm -hmm. what is the, what is your, you know, your business, what is your business plan for your, you know? <laughs> so uh, just a few dates in California, and then um, we're doing um, an East Coast run later this summer. Uh, and I have a few more things planned um, in December, November, December, we're going to release it um, on a tape label with a couple extra bonus tracks um, and yeah that's those are like the major plans right now um, and also a couple more tours in the works um, and my major plan is to just enjoy being done with the album <laughs> um, and you know like obviously sending the record out places and um, 
getting getting it into more ears of more people, but also ideally celebrating um, that we did it and we accomplished it and and that we're really proud of it. Well, I I totally adore the album. And I think it's a great accomplishment and a great evolution for Maya, Elise, and the Good Dream. So it's it's just fun. Thank you. Appreciate um, it. What do you think I should close the, our, our segment with, our chat with? How about Algodonas Dunes? Awesome. Great. Thanks, Maya, for taking the time. I know you're really busy building up to the show. So, I, you know, it's great to chat with you again. So great to chat with you too, MJ. Thank you. I didn't think that I could bear the weight Of myself back down the mountain I was only eight and counting My arms were weak, knees were heavy No one thought that I was ready Till I ran, I ran We drank the medicine
was Algodonis Dunes off the album Everything We Watered for Maya Elise and the Good Dream. Thanks again to Maya for such a wonderful conversation and for the music. The album is available now on all the usual platforms, but support her and her band and please buy it at Bandcamp. You can follow news of Maya's shows and whatnot on her Instagram at underscore Maya Elise underscore. This is MJ, and you're listening to a Best of West of Twin Peaks radio, featuring four local artists who I spotlighted this summer and whose new albums represent the very best of Bay Area music. The next artist I'm featuring today is Bay Area native Zelma Stone, who has moved down to L.A. and immersed herself in the art and dance scene down there, but whose new EP, called A Dance, is rooted in the Bay Area and some tragic losses she experienced here in her younger years. We chat and dive deep, but let's start with a track off the EP. This is Really There. There's some things I'd still like to know you here to tell me so I'll just go on like I do and hope someday I'll know like you once they're lost or they're gone for good things we can't see but wish we could all this time I've been counting on you but oh Oh, it's the 
Hi, you look you look awesome. Thank you. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. I love the fact that you call a dance a collection of songs and not an EP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's very intentional. And could you explain the intentionality of that? Um. Well, it. it I think I came into. I didn't come into writing it as these are going to be the songs I'm going to release on this EP. You know, on. Um, but rather, it was. A collection. It really is just a collection of songs that I wrote at different stages. It it, it just made sense to do it that way. Well, and it seems and it seems like I mean a lot of it is is progression through grief, and you know if you were to you know. I'm sure you write other songs all the time, but you probably looked at these four and said. This is this is all coming from the same part of me, and yeah, <clears throat> it's interesting because I I didn't quite put it together that way. I wasn't like, oh, these are these all have the same grief feeling or anything. It it kind of I think I when choosing the songs I wanted on this, um, it just it just made sense um, to choose them because they sounded good, well together. They, they flew, they flowed nicely together. Um, maybe I was the most proud of them at the time too. And they resonated with how I was feeling. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, having, you know, followed, following you on Instagram and, and, and whatnot, I like a dance in that it seems that you've started to embrace dance as part of your a major part of your your creative life as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm realizing that more and more too. Um, coming into, I mean, I don't know how much I want to say, but I might as well. I mean, I I very much want to. Um, collaborate with dancers and I think movement's a really important way to express yourself and for me I'm realizing I mean I danced a lot in high school and that's was the peak grief time for me when my brother passed away and everything and that and songwriting really helped me through things I'm not the best with my words I mean I, I can communicate but I, I have some learning differences and everything. And so for some reason, songwriting and movement, dance, I'm able to express myself in a way that maybe I can't quite with um, my words. Life is a dance. Mm -hmm. um, grief is a dance. It, in, you know, it's it's a fluid movement that you are moving through physically as well as spiritually and emotionally, and it ties kind of everything together. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly how I want to portray this EP is, and specifically with like the the song "A Dance." That was very much. It's very much this ebb and flow of life, and you know, I imagined an actual dancer, like a performance where you're watching this dancer move between different their different um, feelings that come up for them and um, that's just how I imagine that song to be in it it's just I relate it to my life and I'm sure everyone else can relate that to them their life as well because it's not always even you know there's a lot of ups and downs I'm going to get right into another song um yeah and 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 this is the it's the second cut on the, the second track off the ep which is be the one mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's my favorite track off of it but i also felt like you were it, it was a song where you were giving yourself permission to move on from your grief mm-hmm. and accept other people into your life where you may not have been so open before because you get hurt when you left someone. Right. Yeah, I would say that's pretty much on it. Um, I wrote that one in a time of very deep sadness, um, but also like feeling some insecurities um, around, you know, my abilities and my, if I chose the right path as a performer, as a songwriter, um, as a career choice, you know, um, and really searching for, um, within myself mostly um the permission to do that and the permission to really just believe in myself and then as well as from you know 
close family members and people around me and just wanting just that I want people to to believe in me but I think it starts from myself really and that's what that song's about setting expectations high go easy lower the bar for me sing your song we'll see I ready for love Feel a brand new texture Give it a name Let it comfort me Hold my head We'll see I'm here I'm ready for love 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 Still here. I know you 
at what period in in your songwriting did the move to LA occur? Because mm -hmm. that's also giving yourself permission to move on yeah. to, to the next phase of life. Yeah, I mean, I wrote these songs before, um, these songs I wrote before moving to LA, um, but I actually recorded them within the first week I moved here, um, which kind of felt like, you know, that rite of passage, you know, just very, it made, that made sense as well for me um, to record it as I moved. Um, and moving to LA was kind of this, not that you can't take music seriously in, in San Francisco, I love San Francisco, absolutely, but um, for some reason it, it felt, I just felt a strong calling to do it. Um, my partner also felt it, um, who's also a musician, so it, it just felt like the right time. Yeah. You worked with Carly Bond on these. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's is she still living up in the Bay Area? No, she's here. She she I would, did, I, she moved a while ago then. Yeah, uh, her and her husband Rob um who mixed it um they moved down here uh maybe a year or two before I did and uh we'd visit and I, I always had an idea. I just, I didn't know what LA was like, um, but I knew kind of, but I, I didn't know there was so much nature actually around here. And like, I really thought LA was just like smoggy and like, you know, full of people. Um, Which and, it, it can be if you're in certain neighborhoods. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's actually really nice. And anyway, so I, we, um, they moved down before we saw it and definitely a, a bunch of people made the move. A lot of friends made the move down to LA. It's very interesting um, from the Bay, although the Bay definitely holds a big space. But yeah, Carly and Rob, they opened a studio in Alhambra um, called um, Altamira Studios. And it's beautiful, and I'm so happy that I got to record there. So, and you had known her, obviously, up up here. And you had known her in San Francisco, so it was almost like recording with an old friend. But you just yeah. happened to both be in a different space. Yeah, um, we recorded. Um, well, her and Rob recorded "Dream," my song "Dreamland." Um, from the Dreamland EP, and that was in Oakland, just at their kind of practice space, and then um, we mixed it at Tiny Telephone. Do you think recording, though, with somebody you've known for so long and knew so well made a dance, the collection of songs, not just the song, but made a dance more intimate yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. Definitely the band that I recorded with, I, you know, I love them very much and they all contributed a lot and I could tell they brought a lot of themselves to the songs as well. Um, 
and Carly was very, I, I, there's this thing where I know a lot of artists get, but they get obsessed with their demos. <laughs> and they just, once they've heard their demos so much, it's so hard to break out of that, you know? Um, and Carly was great. She really, she also really loved my demos. She loved how they, you know, sounded and she really just kind of like with the recording process really helped enhance it all and um it was it was helpful to like do it with people that i know and love because it's, when you when you work with new people especially who don't know your story and everything there's this feeling of you know being rushed or you don't want that and um i felt very comfortable the whole time and as always, Carly's great. Love her. It's like you almost have the best of both worlds because you have that, you know, that core group of people who kind of all moved down there around the same time. Uh -huh. um, so you've got them as f familiar people, but I'm sure you're also, all of you are networking into a whole new, different network and, um, and challenging yourselves with expanding your sounds and your ideas. Yeah, that's that's really it. I mean, just not sticking with one genre, not sticking with, just being really open. I mean, I've gotten real experimental here with different things. I mean, <clears throat> I moved down and I was like, whoa, LA, like, but I could do anything. I could be anything down here um i've even written some pop songs you know like what if i what if i became a pop artist or a pop singer songwriter you know or um so i've been really experimenting and it's been great well thanks again for carving out some time for me i really appreciate yeah. it all right. Thank you, MJ. I really appreciate you. Take care. Appreciate you too. I mean, you you look fabulous, and I think LA suits you. So, thank you. Stick with it, girl. Thank you. Right. Bye. <laughs> Jenny, won't you come down when it's the right time? I bet you're in the stars when they're around, or in the daylight, daylight, or missed by the whole town. Did you need to be you? Did you want to be?
just heard Be Free. It's off Zelma Stone's new EP, A Dance. Thanks again to Zelma for the time and conversation. You can buy the album now on all platforms, and you can keep an eye out for Zelma Stone shows by following her on Instagram at Zelma Stone Music. She still travels up here to the Bay quite often these days for gigs, so keep your eyes peeled for her next local show. This is MJ, and I have one more local artist to feature here on this Best of West of Twin Peaks radio episode. Marika Christine, who graduated seven years ago from San Francisco's School of the Arts out here in the Twin Peaks neighborhood, is part of an explosive youth movement that's revitalizing San Francisco's music and art scene. This summer, she released her debut solo LP, Soft Like an Apricot. We have a great convo and dive deep into the LP. For first, let's hear a track off the album. This is Buckle Up, Baby. The sun will shine when I woke up today. But I felt like crying because my life is slipping away. The car keeps driving, but my soul is far behind. Buckle up. much for working me in today on your you know incredibly busy schedule your uh solo debut long play album is coming out you're working you're you're a member of like three different bands you are the quintessential san francisco artist (laughs) i i feel like this record is about that oh interesting yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, definitely it's the theme is trying to keep up with everything because I love everything that I'm a part of, and it's hard to it's definitely hard to balance it all. Um, but yeah, I think the record definitely has themes of you know uh, uh, processing like anxiety that comes up and stress that comes up from being such a busy bee. 
opened up with chrysalis and bad butterflies, which kind of is a is a theme of emerging and whatnot. But I also found the whole album to almost be a coming of age in San Francisco. And as you said, be, being a busy bee and trying to work all your passions and loves and whatnot into your life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's definitely some coming of age themes um, for sure. Uh, the first, yeah, the, the intro, the um, chrysalis and bad butterflies is definitely kind of um, a rebirth. It, I actually wrote it at the end like towards the end of a relationship but before the breakup point so it was kind of like interesting looking back and me like oh I kind of knew what was going on subconsciously um and I was I'm really like happy about that's how that song came out because I think the butterfly image is so powerful like I just I love it I think a lot of people can connect to the image of a butterfly where it has uh renewal and rebirth but in this case there's also the feeling of like getting butterflies in your stomach like feeling excited and like jittery that's kind of a common term we use and I was feeling at the time almost like the butterflies in my stomach but in a bad way so um, I just really like dug into that that uh, imagery there and had a lot of fun playing around with the butterfly theme you step back from a listener's perspective, like in my perspective, it was also about emerging from a pandemic, emerging mm-hmm. from being a young, younger woman into being an older woman, which is the experience a breakup always gives you, you know, it, you yeah. grow through breakups. And I, that's why I saw this as a big, as more of an emergence record, not necessarily from a from a um, breakup, but just where you are in your life. That's really nice to hear your perspective um, on it, because as you say, I've just been so trapped in that world for the past year that I don't, it's hard to know what other people are getting out of it. Um, And I definitely, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think there's uh, a lot of the songs were like coming out of the pandemic and emerging back into the world, especially um, also the music and heart, like the San Francisco song was really like coming out of hiding, like out of the pandemic and falling in love with the city again, because all these things were happening. I was just like, so inspired by the communities that were coming out of like a shared hardship. Um, and also I was feeling very frustrated about like a lot of things too. So yeah, I'm, it's nice to hear your, your perspective on it. Well, the evening
Sonically, the the album um, mixes a lot of different instruments, but not so much as they take over the sound. And what I was thinking about is that the complexity of the sonics mirrored the complexity of the time we're living in now and the time somebody in their 20s is dealing with now because you're, you know, the universe keeps throwing your generation, your your age group, so many curveballs that has made life way more complex than it has been in the past. And I thought the Sonics mirrored that. Wow, that's really nice to hear. Um, I That's really cool because I, that was definitely intentional. Um, I think a lot of it, um, well, not so explicitly intentional with the like the age i guess um i guess i'm what i'm trying to say is i had a lot of intentions with the sounds trying to mirror the lyrical content and probably by default some of the like just the world that we're living in um probably slipped in there too <laughs> um so yeah i definitely i'm um I have like a really big love for soundscapes and just playing with interesting sounds. like a really big love for soundscapes and just playing with interesting sounds and also just like really uh classic song structure and I did um some audio engineering in college so I the recording was really fun because we got to play around with a lot of different sounds um and also had um Adam Wilson who's also in a bunch of other bands uh, San Francisco legend. He uh, is also really talented with uh, working synthesizers, so he helped out with creating some of those soundscapes. Are most of the people that you worked with on this album um, from the city? Yeah, everybody is. And um, actually, like Fabrizio, and well, Fabrizio has been here since high school, so he's pretty much from the city, but he moved, he moved here for high school, but Fabrizio and Adam were both in this band called clumsy in, um, that was happening in like 2014 through 2016. And they, they were, that was a band when they were in high school. And that's how I first started learning about the music community in San Francisco was kind of 
through their band, which they were also in Matthew Horton, who now plays guitar for Carolyn Polachek. Wow. Yeah. So that they're quite a trio. And then um, the uh, other person in my band, Maria Donjacor, she's uh, fronts med school, who I think you talked to her. And um, she's great and she's my roommate. And we are also in secrets, another band called Secret Secret together. And she's lived here her whole life as well. Um, so I've just known the people in my band for a really long time and have a really like very solid friendship and connection with them. Coming out of the pandemic, I'm feeling such a rich revitalization in the music scene. And I wondered if you, as an artist, what your perspective is on that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I definitely hear that a lot. Like, what I've definitely throughout my the last 10 years have heard people say, like, oh, the music scene's dead, the art scene's dead. Like, but I never felt that was true because I felt like I always found like-minded people who were making music. And um, I think, I do think it, the last six months to a year coming out of the pandemic has been an explosion um, of all sorts of scenes of music. Um, and that's been really beautiful to see. But I definitely, I definitely get a little bit bummed out when people were saying like the scene's dead because I think it's always there you just don't know where like some people just aren't looking for it maybe um, but right now I definitely think it's very like very vibrant. Well and I also think it's vibrant because of younger bands like all the ones you're involved with have like completely embraced the scene and are driving it now instead of the old heads who were the ones bitching and moaning about uh, about how dead the scene was and it's not like it used to be well nothing's like it used to be i mean mm -hmm. that's what life is about <laughs> totally totally so yeah. it's, it's great to see as you said the explosion and i think the explosion is coming from it's a youth explosion i think it's awesome mm-hmm Totally. I definitely see that. I also um, recently have been feeling like it's so cool that music is so intergenerational because I've definitely become friends with a lot of people who are like, you know, not in their 20s or in, in different or maybe they're just, yeah, I've just made connections with people of all ages through music and art. And I do think it is like this explosion has been very, very youth. Like, yeah, people who are turning 21 in the pandemic now get to go to bars and get and that's like a big gatekeeping thing for trying to play music is like there aren't that many all-age spaces so I think everyone who turned 21 in the pandemic now gets to go enjoy music <laughs> totally totally um how how was your pandemic what did you do during your pandemic did you were you writing a lot yeah, I was writing a lot, um, definitely. I actually wrote like two. So the first um, album or like the first release that I did as a as Marika Christine um, called Puzzle World. It's uh, eight songs. I kind of between an EP and an album. Um, I wrote 
Well, I it was a collection of songs I had sitting around for a really long time, but I got to record that during the pandemic. And then um, after that, I wrote all of my new record pretty much. Um, and I honestly, there were moments where it was really scary. Um, I think the very beginning of the pandemic was really hard. Um, um, but I also found some moments of, of like some beautiful moments of stillness that I'm kind of missing now, actually. I think with the explosion of music and art, it's I've been almost like too busy. <laughs> and I remember during the pandemic, it was I settled into nice routines of like going on walks by myself every day. I was still fortunate enough to be working. I was working in person um, at a cafe, so there were some gripes there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I it's it's interesting because it was like not that long ago. It was very in our recent history, but it suddenly feels so different than like a year and a half ago. You kind of address some of that in strange times. Totally. That's yeah, totally. Exactly. Nailed it. now turning 26 this year is kind of a there's always a perpetual like what am I trying to do with my life what do I want for myself like am I gonna be a barista forever um, and that's kind of the always has been on my mind since like you're since I was a teenager you know there's this huge societal pressure on everybody to be like what are you doing <laughs> with your life like what is your career and only in the recent like very very recent like few months to a year have I been really thinking like oh maybe I can actually it's maybe it's okay to, to really embrace music as what I'm doing and have this be my career um, and it's okay if that's not what pays the bills.
all the songs on Soft Lake and Apricot are very, very precious to me. And I do want, like, I'm excited for them to be out there and to be heard. So I'm trying to take a lot of care with the release process. So that means like, you know, doing all the, like three music videos and uh, getting press photos and working with a graphic designer and doing all the Instagram stuff and making merch and it's just so much that goes into it that's not actually writing the song um, that has been kind of taking over my my brain space for the last like four or five months. Um, luckily like some of it's fun like I, I for the music and heart video I, I did that one all by myself and like had a lot of fun with that and I also really like working with the visual artists I've been working with. It's been really fun to make it collaborative um, and it feels like nice to include my friends and work with my friends in, in the city on art. The past year or so you've been playing show after show after show and I guess that's kind of a, a, a post not post pandemic but a pandemic emergence thing where everybody just started playing a ton of shows but you were traveling with space moth you were doing this you're doing med school it's it's a lot it's definitely a lot it's all been really amazing experiences I'm very grateful for um, each band I'm in fills a very different creative role for me and that's why like sometimes when I'm feeling really stressed or overwhelmed I'm like I can't let go of any of this because it's all amazing and so fun. <laughs> and to kind of bring it all around and put a peg in the whole interview this is like it, this really is kind of your coming out coming of age project in many different ways new tour you're doing you know all the um promo and whatnot for the record yourself and you know it's all you and and uh you should be pretty proud of yourself on what you've accomplished thank you thank you i am and actually i definitely i really want to mention i totally forgot earlier but um andrew vasco of uh, ghost mountain records has been insanely helpful with this whole process actually he um, is a record label based in Seattle and he's like mostly a physical label so he does cassettes um, primarily cassettes and then uh, I'm this my record is gonna be his second vinyl release um, and he's been just so so helpful guiding the whole thing and keeping me on a timeline and like you know he'll he's responds right away anytime I have a question um, and so even though he's not uh, he's not any we don't have like a digital distribution deal um, he's been like just so great <laughs> helping me with all of this because I I would not have been able to do it all by myself <laughs> was it a pretty big learning curve you've been on a big learning curve in the past year yeah I've been learning a lot I've been learning so much definitely <laughs> well I can't wait to hear the next one with all this experience you're garnering here can't, <laughs> can't wait for the next one thank you so much thanks it was really nice talking to you it was a pleasure Marika I, and again thanks for you know carving me carving me out some time today it was it was fantastic I oh, just yeah. really look forward to seeing uh, you in the sh in the show uh, in the show scene and elsewhere Thank you. It was really, really nice. Thanks for having me on the show. It was really nice 
really nice talking to you. It's cool to hear all your perspectives on the music too. My pleasure. Thank you for the music. <laughs> With you there's no ending, only passing of time. You're so Closing track off the new LP, Soft Like an Apricot, from Marika Christine. Thanks so much to Marika for taking the time to chat. You can find her album right now on all the streaming services, but remember, support the local music scene and buy it. I still have a little time left, so I'm going to play a new recently released song from friend of the show and former guest artist Andrew St. James, who's working on a new project with Duncan Nelson and Cody Rhodes for their band, Fast Times. This is their new single, Born to Lose. Sitting around on Sunday afternoon Let the wheels spin cause nothing's on the tube And making out with someone else's man Well fuck the man cause he don't understand Fiddlestick 
does it for this special Best of West of Twin Peaks Radio. I won't be back with a brand new episode until September 24th, when my guest artist will be San Francisco's James Beasley, who's releasing a new album on September 1st called Junk Values. I'm leaving you today with some recent music from Jim, which I'm assuming will be on the new LP. This is Dark Horse Dreams. See you in September. Until then, be well, be kind, peace. Falling stars come and go Heaven's hall up in smoke Blackout days and dark horse dreams At the corner of the street Fade to black, cut to see